Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. And welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, I'm Mark. How's it going, everyone? Joining me today, we got Jack. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you. Uh, I really enjoyed your Smiling Lord story. Fucking fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. So I had to have you back on again. Today, we are doing a story called The Host. Uh, you want to give us a little summary if you can? Yeah, so I I think I originally wrote this. I forget why the idea came to me. Uh, just come on this things that just pops into your head and you're like, ooh, yeah. that sounds really cool. Um, 95% this was, of ideas happen when you're sitting on the toilet. So I'm going to, it's probably then. It, I, yeah, probably. Definitely while taking number two. <laughs> those, those are when you get the best ideas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so this was more, um, I wanted to do something other than Necron. I, I love Necron. I love I love writing the Smiling Lord, but um, this was kind of more of an idea I had for something I might submit um, for like, a, if you guys did like a short story contest for like Halloween or something like a horror, okay. more of a horror theme. Okay. Um, and it kind of plays a little bit with chaos and demons and demon hosts and some of the some of the maybe the weirdness that can occur okay <laughs> well i i so it's a horror i got a good question kind of maybe you could clarify how do you make something a horror and not just grim dark you know because when people are getting flayed or you know the horrors of war how do you kind of take it just that little bit so for me for horror um you can do a lot with horror obviously they're they're different genres of horror you can go like the slasher route i think you can definitely do like the slasher route in 40k there's definitely some of that more like kind of jump scary stuff um i think probably the most effective horror you can do in 40k is playing around with the idea of like cosmic horror more Mm. of like lovecraftian horror uh, if you will um so definitely trying to play and this gets maybe a little bit into that i don't fully lean into into that but this is definitely more of a maybe horror is in the right word disturbing i definitely this was yeah like there's a couple different ways to do that for sure like yeah grim dark disturbing horror sure okay so this one it, it was definitely much more of a gritty writing experience um and it's, I would say this definitely leans more into like hard R territory of horror than like kind of the PG-13 battles you tend to see in most lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, let's, uh, let's just I tried to it. deal with some a little bit more darker concepts with this piece, so. 
Cool. I, I want to make the readers uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, well, you can That's watch me squirm it on the, the screen then. <laughs> I mean, par for the course, but... <laughs> okay, so this story is called The Host. It was a dark and stormy night, as always in High Vetra. The clouds of smog the city produced gathered into a perpetual muddy brown covering that consistently dumped its chemical rain on the hive citizens like piss. The greenhouse effect warming the rain and the slight ammonia smell it gave off furthered the analogy. Sarah had not seen the rain in some time, but she could hear it. From the dungeon-like cell she had inhabited for the last two months, the pitter-patter roar of rain could be made out through the silence. She was sitting against the far wall, her knees pulled up to her chest, her emaciated arms hugging them tightly to her. The beating she had taken had left her bruised and bloody. The rags she called clothes were caked in hard, dried blood. She assumed the men would return soon. She could tell not the time in the dark room, but they came at a somewhat regular intervals to feed her or change her chamber pot or just to beat her. She could remember when they had taken her two months ago. She had been returning home from the administratum work when three of them had abducted her in the alleyway. She had assumed the worst at first. They were likely to rape her and either leave her for dead or kill her outright. She had not expected this situation to be far worse. They were not allowed to know her. The leader of the cult had been very clear about that, but they were allowed to abuse her, encouraged in fact. A few other women had been locked in cells like hers when she had arrived. They had been treated like her, as far as she could be tell. She had been treated like her, as far as she could tell, but they had disappeared one by one, never to return. Now, it was just Sierra. The footsteps from down the hall caught her attention. Three sets of them. She stiffened a little and hugged her leg closer. They usually only came in ones or twos. The heavy door swung inward towards her, spilling light from the hall. As her eyes adjusted, she was unable to suppress the terror in her trembling frame as she recognized the high priest, Ziggurat. He was tall and muscular, adorned in purple and gold robes, his face painted into a leering smile. He stared down at her for a few moments, enjoying the sight of her fear. Then the two acolytes swept past him and dragged Sierra to her feet. They half carried her in front of the heretic. He grabbed only a handful of her dirty black hair and wrenched her head back to face him. A virgin for the ceremony, Ziggurat began, his voice soft and almost loving. A perfect host for her lord. You have no idea the privilege we are gifting you. They began to drag her down the hall. They walked for several minutes, weaving through a mess of her of rooms that made up the base of operations. Seer had not seen where they had taken her, but she guessed it was on the outskirts of the hive, likely on the lower two levels, a place where it was much easier to hide and where there was less people around to ask questions. They finally came to a pair of doors that opened into a large room. Sierra shuddered as she saw it teeming with cultists, at least two dozen of them, all wearing the same purple robes. They were busy moving about the chamber, setting up candles in very specific places, drawing unnerving runes on the floors and on the walls. She was led to the center of the room, where a large stone dais sat. She squirmed feebly as heavy manacles were clapped down around her feet. 
Ziggurat stepped up behind her and gently laid his hands on her shoulders. She stopped moving at his touch, her breath still coming on in sharp rattles. There, there now, there's no need to fear, he said smoothly, his psychanica pressing her down heavy on her mind. Her eyelids felt heavy and she slumped slightly forward. In a flash, Ziggurat ripped off her rags, exposing her completely. Sierra collapsed, trying to cover her with her manacled hands. No, no, she whimpered. Now she understood. She was to be used to as a piece of meat to them, saved as a virgin until this moment where they would all come together to partake of her some of the vile ritual for their evil god. Tears streamed down her cheeks. Prepare her, Ziggurat said. Several cultists advanced, wielding ceremonial blades, two pinned to her arms and legs so she was laying flat, her back facing up. She wailed as they carved runes into her skin. It was just not the piercing burning of the blade she felt. There was a great evil imbued in the very etchings they lacerated her with. At some time, they flipped her over and carved more runes onto her abdomen and chest. As they finally backed off her, she heard the booming slams of the doors closing. Her fate was sealed. A strange feeling surrounded her. She heard chanting and Sykana echoing through the room. Psychers amongst the cultists were plying their craft and activating the runes and the wards they had drawn. As their mumbling continued, Ziggurat stepped forward and began to chant. Some of his speech was in low Gothic, some of it hideous, unfettered tongue of the warp and Sykana that echoed through her arcane aching frame. Hear me, our perfect Lord. Send your servant unto us. We have taken a vessel for your great servant, a maiden of our race that we offer intact to you. Like the Emirian Empire of old Terra, we offer up a sacrifice of flesh. Take her form and bless us with your perfect presence. Sierra had experienced Sycana before, not just here at the hands of Ziggurat, but also out in the hive. The encounters were rare, but she remembered them well. She was a psyker herself, a very low level, but she had always been able to read emotions and some surface thoughts of the people she met. It was one of the reasons she kept to herself mostly. She had heard stories of the black ships and did not want to bring attention to herself. When the wave of psychanic energy hit her, she wished oh so deeply that she had been taken by the ships. The pain was incomprehensible in its intensity. She writhed and screamed in earnest, but the pain seemingly only to grow, not just in her body, but her mind and her soul. The pain seemed to go on for eternity. She could barely hear the chanting of the cult and the grotesque words of Ziggurat over her own screams as she cried her lungs out again and again. Suddenly, everything stopped. The pain disappeared. Or perhaps it did not disappear. She was still aware of some faraway ache, but she quickly realized that she was no longer in her body. She seemed to be floating in a black void. It was as if her body was behind her. She was aware of it, but disconnected. She tried to look around, but saw nothing, only the pitch black of the void. Her psychana tingled. A presence was nearby. She was no longer alone in the void. The laughter started soft, but grew quickly in intensity and volume. It shook her to her core. 
whatever being producing the laugh was drawing near. It was a cackle of an ancient horror, an unknowable power. The void seemed to shift in color, taking on a more purple blackness. She could feel the presence surrounding her, toying with her, admiring her. It seemed about to pounce, to consume her, when the cackle abruptly ceased. A series of indescribable sounds echoed around her. It drove her mind to the edge, but she managed to cling to a shred of sanity. The sounds died away. The vile presence was gone. A new one had replaced it. What is your name? Came the soft call out of the dark. It was a deep, inhuman voice, but spoken in a whisper. Sira tried to shrink away, refusing to answer. Fear not the dark, my child. The voice pealed. I see you are in great pain. I can end your suffering. I can help you. What are you? She stammered into the void. I am salvation. I am chaos. The voice answered. I see your plight. You have been tormented. I have been tormented too. I seek vengeance. Even among chaos, there is order. The great game must be undone. I will work through you. The powers must be weakened through their worshipers. You will become an instrument of my wrath. You want to take me, Sira said. Just like them, you want to use my body too. Yes, but I see your reluctance. I need a willing vessel to permeate your realm. If you comply, I shall spare your mind. Serve me well, and I shall show you wonders unimaginable. I still don't want to be some servant of a dark lord, she spoke. Not a servant, a vessel. You need not carry out my work. Only bring me to it. I will also give you something you truly desire. What's that? She asked. Revenge. She thought for several moments. My name is Sira, she said. I know you will take me, but I'm dead anyways. The least I can do is make sure those men don't hurt anyone else. I will grant you power unimaginable the voice returned you need only speak my name and invite me in what what is your name Sarah asked stealing herself ziggurat continued to exclaim the summoning ritual as the cultists chanted in the chorus around him Sarah was still writhing and screaming in front of him. 
Her eyes rolled back into her skull. Sweat trickled down his temple as he called louder and louder, trying to will the demon to, into the host. Spittle was flying from his mouth as he was widely flung his arms up. It was irrational. The ritual would work whether he whispered or screamed, but he was in a state. A culmination of his life's work laid before him, and not a moment too soon either, considering the recent revelation that an inquisitor investigating the hive for heresy. It was likely they were already on their way. No matter, the demon would utterly destroy them. He suddenly noticed something strange. Sierra writhing paused for a moment. Her scream ceased, and a single name of the warp escaped her mouth. The suddenness and foulness of it caught Ziggurat off guard. He had been using the language of demons for some time, but this name gave him pause. He did not recognize it, but it was evil. Where could have she learned it, and why speak it now? The candle snuffed out all at once. A ripple of energy burst forth from the dais. Ziggurat stumbled back a step, confused. Had it worked? Sierra was lying face down, naked and motionless. He glanced around the room at the cultist. Most were panting heavily from the psychic toll the ritual had put on them. A few were bleeding from their nose and ears. A few were retching. Two lay still on the floor, dead. A twitch from Sierra caught his attention. Her head, obscured by her dark hair, rose slightly. Ziggurat approached lightly. Demon of perfection, one who thirsts, I have summoned you here. Hear me, liberated through this form, serve me. We will bring this planet to our mutual Lord, and then we will spread his mighty will through this discrepant Imperium. He was confident that the demon was under his control. The rooms had been carved into the flesh to ensure such matters, but something did not feel quite right. He expected there to be a different atmosphere after the summoning, something more like what he had experienced in the mad dreams that had driven him to this life. Instead, it felt oddly cold. Sierra, or rather the host body, turned its head and looked at Ziggurat. He let out an involuntary yell as he stepped back quickly. Sierra's left eye was now fully black, a deep bottomless black that seemed to suck the light in from around it. At the center was a single gleaming point of white that spoke of great horrors. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Demon. Denzian of the warp. I, I, com I command you. He stammered out. Command me? The voice was raspy and low, permeated with malice and unrelenting power. The runes you have carved into my flesh would have given you control of that simple demon you tried to summon. You have no power over me. Sierra's body started floating in the air. Many of the cultists were stirring around the edges of the room. This was not what they had expected. 
You worship a false god like the corpse emperor. The perfect one is another false idol for you humans to fawn over. It's all just a part of a game, the great game. But that game is not true chaos. Like all games, it has rules. I am the herald of true chaos. I will break the game and I will break your god and I will break you. Sarah's body split open from the top of her head to the bottom of her torso, as well as her arms and legs. A seam opened up. It revealed a protruding mass of fleshy tentacles, bloody and writhing. Her skeleton had been transformed into sharp points, her rib, key, her rib cage like razor teeth in an opening maw. In the space of a few seconds, she had become shapeless, formless, an eldritch harbinger of chaos. Let me show you, the being said in its cold voice. Ziggurat screamed as it descended upon him. Brother Zeriel stomped down the hall towards the large double doors, his grey knight brethren flanking him on either side. With little effort, they bashed aside the wards and the psychic barriers off the room. He slammed his shoulders into the door, nearly throwing them off the hinges. He entered, a storm bolter in his left fist and a nemesis force sword in his right. It took him and his brothers less than a second to scan the room and assess any threats. There was none. The Inquisitor swept in behind them. He was wearing a suit of power armor as well, though he was still dwarfed by the blessed Astartes. His potent mind, again dwarfed by the Grey Knights, immediately started scanning the room. Bodies, or rather, the remains of bodies were everywhere. Blood and viscera on the floor, walls, and even dripping from the ceiling. It seems that we are too late. Though it worked out in the end, the cult was wiped out by their hubris. The ritual must have done this to them. Brother Zeriel communed with his brothers telepathically for a moment. No, Inquisitor! They did succeed in summoning a demon. The scars of reality have clearly shown that. But if they summoned the demon, then why did it kill them? They would have had control of it. Ziggurat may have been an arch-heretic, but he was no fool, the Inquisitor said. It would seem, Zeriel said, inspecting the mutilated corpse of the head priest, that they summoned something that they did not intend to a demon even more powerful than what they sought to unleash. Now it is set loose, unfettered and bent on its own devices. But what of the seal, the wards in the place? The Inquisitor asked in frustration. The wards are very specific. They were meant to keep the demon under control and to keep us out. Would not have any effect on whatever heretic was summoned here. Then where is it? That... Zariel said, is what you must ascertain. When Sira awoke, she was lying outside a half block near the edge of the hive. The heavy rain was driving the heat from her skin as she sat up. She was still naked, but as she looked down at herself, she could see that she was covered in blood. She stood shakily, her head spinning. Shivering, she managed to enter the half, clinging to the wall as she made her way to the first door. She fumbled with the doorknob, finding it locked. She moved down the hall, testing each door, hoping for one to open. After testing the fourth knob, she heard the soft click of a tumbler on the next door. 
Accompanying it was a strange tingling sensation in the back of her head. Memories came flooding back into her head as she stumbled into the apartment, nearly collapsing on the floor. She dragged herself to the small apartment's restroom and turned the water on as hot as it would go. The water was nearly scalding, and yet she could not stop shaking. Eventually, she left the shower and found herself sitting on the edge of an apartment bed in front of a small vanity with an oval mirror facing her. She refused to look at the mirror, imagining that she would see the horrors the cultists had inflicted on her, the scars and the runes carved into her skin. When she finally did look, the truth was far more unsettling. Her body was as she had never seen it before, flawless. Not only were the runes gone, but any imperfections, the small birthmark under her right collarbone, the slightly uneven left breast, the scar on her thigh from where she had cut it in a fall at the age of 10, all gone. Her skin was like porcelain, smoother than she had ever remembered, an even light pink across her whole body. She had never considered herself overly beautiful, but now that the blood and viscera was washed away, she might have thought that she looked better than she ever had before. All but her left eye. It was black, with a white pupil in the center that moved of its own accord and not her own. She was fixated on it. The last thing she could clearly remember was uttering the demon's foul name in the vast emptiness of that black void. After that, only blurred images of screaming men, cigarettes begging screens, red tentacles moving in the dark, a voice that was not her own, spilling from an eldritch horror. She stared into that black eye and shuddered when it met her gaze. You no longer need to worry about those men her reflection said in that cold, deep voice of the void. What? What are you? What did you do to me? She whispered back. The reflection regarded her for a moment before answering. I am chaos. The ultimate chaos. I serve only the great, great darkness of what you call the war. As for what I did to you, I freed you, both from captivity and slavery as a demon host's vessel, and from your human nature. Your, your inner part of my body? You made me do things. To the cultists, she muttered to the reflection. I controlled you during those moments. Yes, I unleashed my cosmic power through you. I have also used that power to cure you of your wounds, your human diseases. You will serve as my vessel, as we agreed. I will not take your mind unless you resist my will. You will take me where I need to go and act as my voice. I will lie dormant within you, always watching. In return, I will protect you when you are in danger. I will give you life far longer than any natural human. I will hone your mind. I will teach you the chaos, little one. Expose you little by little so your mind will grow accustomed to it. I will help you so that you will not crack. If you serve me well, when the time comes, 
I may see fit to reward you for your service. For the most part, you will simply feel as yourself. Act as you would act. I seek to blend in. Patience and secrecy are the best ways to sow true chaos in time. We will find the false believers, root them out, and destroy them. What say you, Sarah? She looked down at herself, unable to meet the gaze of that thing in the reflection. Will I turn into that thing again? She asked. Only when necessary, came the reply. She closed her eyes for a few moments, thinking. In the end, she decided there really was not much of a choice. She had made the deal already. Perhaps it would be best and the least painful to see it through. All right. I will be your servant, she said, looking back at the mirror. Then let us begin, the demon said, smiling. Very cool. Uh, yeah, fuck. Okay. You had me in the first little quarter. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. We got naked chicks. But you turned it around. and <laughs> they, they got us in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. That's what it was. Oh, man. Uh, very cool. I, uh, I really liked the ritual. It did make me feel uncomfortable. But I like a lot of the words you used where it's like she could feel the sycana in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just kept on throwing out that word and really driving home like different ways to feel it like you feel it in the air but also you like feel it coming off like ruins or in on words it was very cool you did like a very cool image for me yeah yeah it's just this idea of like it's it's not just like ethereal it's also like embedded in just like everything around you if you can if you can put the work in yeah yeah no that was very cool uh the demon he's pretty cool uh we never Mm. got a name for him uh, I don't, he's really not really supposed to have a name. Yeah. I mean, he's got like a true yeah. name, but. No, it's fine. I, mean, I that, get it. You're working for the demon. So of course you're not going to show his true name and give me the power over him. It's fine. I get it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, and, it was cool. Uh, I kept, like I, I kept waiting for it to come up, but yeah, you kind of skirted around it a couple of times. It was nice. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to leave it very open-ended as to who the demon might be, who it might be serving. Mm-hmm. I, I did drop some kind of hints in there. It's probably, it's either unaligned chaos or possibly um, a demon aligned with malice. Yeah. Perhaps even like an aspect of malice himself. Yeah, that, that's probably what I was going to guess was the malice or malal mm-hmm. demon. But the undivided also works really well too you know yeah some fucking twisted whatever yeah at at the end of the day it is a very very powerful probably like a greater demon yeah um one that's able to basically fight off another demon in the warp and basically steal a demon host (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i suppose eh and i i really wanted i really was caught by the idea of having a demon that was not just like anti-imperium but anti-chaos or anti- I guess chaos because it is itself just pure chaos. And it, yeah. I kind of dropped a couple of those hints where it's like it's talking about the great game. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously the cult is, uh, I dropped a, a lot of color hints that it's a Slaneshi cult. 
yeah. the Slaneshi Aligned cult. And so he mentions like the perfect one, obviously referring to, to Slanesh. Yeah. And like, it's, it's just a demon. I, the demon has like no chance in, in hell of actually breaking up the great king, but that's like <laughs> just its, its ultimate goal is to just sow yeah. chaos <laughs> yeah, for I, chaos's it, sake. So have you thought of where this story will go in the future then? Like, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got, okay. I've got a lot of stuff worked out. So it's nice, gonna, okay. so this won't just be a one, 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 uh, one, one and done. No, this, this I would say is more of like the prologue for a wider story. I kind of have some plans to write some, uh, inquisitor stories okay. that will probably focus on an inquisitor kind of stumbling across down the line. Some, happenings that are going to be related to this i think we're, we're definitely going to see sira again and she's going to be a lot less um of a frightened child and much more of a <laughs> hardened dangerous force <laughs> oh yeah like i've got some plans for her very cool uh another sweet part that got me all amped up was uh when the gray knights entered the room and i knew it was a gray knight as soon as you said brother Zeriel. like that was the perfect <laughs> fucking name like yeah the, the funny thing i usually have such a big problem coming up with names but like i remember i was just sitting at my computer type and i was like hmm what would be a good name for a gray knight i'm like brother Zeriel, that's perfect yeah. Yeah, no, it was perfect. Like I, it, I picked up on it right away, and uh, yeah, man, sweet little scene, scene of them just kicking in doors and. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to do a lot with them. I just wanted to kind of like drop them in there as almost like a little cameo, just like yeah, yeah. they're yeah. they're awesome. Yeah, no, it was just like that perfect little amount. Um, because yeah, the story wasn't about them going in and slaughtering a bunch of cultists. Like yeah. they they didn't even get to do anything. They just went in there. And uh, looked around. They're like, "Yeah, um, what fuckery <laughs> happened?" So somebody <laughs> fucked it up out in here. Of... <laughs> yeah, I tried to make them super overpowered too. Like the wards were supposed to protect the cultists from the gray knights, and they literally just like batted away and like yeah. <laughs> no effort. They're just like, "Yeah, whatever." These wards don't do shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What what would cultists know against gray knights? You know, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very cool. I also liked how like the Inquisitor was kind of like belittled a little bit by the Grey Knights. Like they kind of talked down to him and like, well, yeah, because yeah. he's an Inquisitor. He's like an idiot. Yeah, he's just a fucking idiot. Like I'm like 500 years older than you, dude. Like a 10 times better psyker. I've seen the horrors of the galaxy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I did have a question for you. Yeah. Um, so uh, for everybody listening, today is actually uh, April 1st, and I wanted to get your opinion, maybe just on record. What did you, did you see the video that got dropped <laughs> this morning by yeah. Warhammer? And what is your, what is your reaction? <laughs> yeah, go watch that video if you haven't. Uh, but yeah, it's basically teased dwarfs, squats coming back. They've Squat. been teasing them coming back for like years, at like once or twice a year, we get a little teaser of this. So but they do they do it on April 1st, which makes it even worse because you're I like, know. is it real? Is it not real? Although from what I heard, the the little dwarven face that they have, like they're kind of runic looking one. Yeah. Apparently they trademarked that. I don't know what that means though. So okay. yeah. And like that was a pretty cool video. It had a lot of money into it, I'm sure. It wasn't just like a quick 20, 25 minute. We took some pictures, but yeah. It's, um 
Yeah. Like, I think, I think if ever they're serious, I think they're back. Like, I think they're just going to be a kill team. Like, I, it has At to be they really like yeah even if it's just a kill team it's cool to have them back yeah like Squ- squats deserve better team, than to just be it... tearing it out <laughs> yeah those poor little guys uh yeah like it it would just make sense they release a kill team see if it sells well which it's gonna fucking sell well and then they oh release gosh, a full yeah. army if it does like but who knows man i've been wrong about them a lot they seem to always do the opposite of the best decision so <laughs> Games Workshop for you. That's GW. Yeah, very excited though. Very fucking hyped. Yeah, I was I was a little taken aback by it. I was like, it w- it would be just like GW to drop this on April first, and like, <laughs> yeah. the April Fools' joke was that it was real the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh, no, they got us! They got us again. Those sons of bitches. I'm creating an army of chads on the Discord that just do push-ups all day long, and we will march on GW if they pull this Eventually. kind of shenanigans again. Uh, well, very cool. Thanks again for coming on the show. Um, yeah, yeah, it's you, always a pleasure being on. Yeah, next my time, voice is a little uh, raspy now from trying to do the demon <laughs> voice, but yeah, man, the Astartes ones were tough. <laughs> you, just, you just gotta go super deep and just like, yeah, you just gotta imagine you're <laughs> lifting while, yeah. while reading for Astartes. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. Well, thanks again. See you guys on the next episode of Laura Hammer Listener Lore. Start writing. Awesome. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to check out our patreon page and support the show at lorehammer listener lore see you next episode everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.